Welcome to, to Afrosaya. 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 Hey, hello everybody. Welcome to Afro Saya, the Afro Latino podcast. I'm Alex Gutierrez here reporting live from the city of angels, Los Angeles, California. And I gotta say, it's been almost five weeks since I moved here. And I'm very, very excited because I met new friends and I have new stories to tell you. And I'm super excited about things that are going on right now. So, um, yeah, tell me how's your summer? How's been your life? How how have you been doing? <laughs> uh, I hope you're enjoying the beach if you are uh, near the coast. Um and I hope you're in, you're having a good summer, right? So it's really, really hot actually here in California, in Los Angeles. It's super warm and hot in the afternoon. Uh, however, in the mornings, it gets a little cool. Um, it's always overcast, but, but by like 3 or 4 p.m., it gets super, super hot. So that's one of the things that I'm experiencing with the weather. But who am I to complain? This is amazing. This is great. And we are just a few miles away from the beach, and it's great. So I had the opportunity to go to Manhattan Beach, and Venice Beach. It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, both beaches different, but it was great. Um, I think I both. I like both. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I have a couple more days here in LA before moving back to Sacramento, and. I'm going to be doing some interviews with other friends that I met here. So you will be hearing from them pretty soon in another interviews uh, that we are actually scheduling. Um, but a few things I want to say, like being enjoying here in Los Angeles is uh, the breweries. I went with my friend Dorian. So thank you, Dorian. You're amazing, man. Muchas gracias. Uh, we went to this brewery, City Angel and Art District. And let me tell you, like City Angel is my favorite, favorite, favorite brewery. It's humongous. It's big, uh, super crowded. I forgot how big cities are. I mean, this is amazing. Like it's super crowded and they have one beer that I really like. And I've been like consuming that a lot. <laughs> Not to the point that I was like, you know, unconscious, but it was good. It was good, good beer. Um, it's actually called City Angel and it's an IPA. So it's my favorite type of beers. But today we're not talking about beers. Today we're not talking about breweries. I just wanted to uh, share with you what I've been doing this summer. Okay, the reason, the reason today for this show is actually my friend Ren. Um, we actually talk and we exchange like a lot of information and I want to share with all of you. He is from the social media, Instagram, Afro Gente, and he also called Afro Gente. So if you are, you know, 
checking your Instagram. Please make sure you follow uh, this brother. He's also doing an amazing job like promoting African descent rights. He's promoting African descent culture. And he is located in Indiana. So we're going to be talking about representation in media. And we have like a very extended conversation. And we're going to be sharing with all of you. Um, we're going to do a small break before going to the interview. So stay with us. We're going to be sharing a little bit of music. You guys know Afro Saya. Uh, and then we're going to go to the interview. So don't forget to follow us. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're also on Twitter, but we haven't been active. So I don't know if we should be continuing promoting Twitter. Plus, Twitter is so political and we're not really looking forward to be engaged in that particular conversation. So we're looking for ways to engage in a more productive way on Twitter. So if you're not on Twitter, don't worry about it. If you are on Twitter, um, make sure you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> so make sure you follow us. Um, just type Afro Cyan, it will pop up something for you. Uh, also, and the most important part is that this podcast is is possible for the contribution of nine awesome Sayanti Patreons. And I really, really want to thank to my Patreons because they are supporting us every month with three or five dollars. So if that's something you feel you could do, it will be very, very much appreciated. So remember, this contribution is a straightforward to the hosting of our podcast and also the maintenance of our website. Website. Um, not everything is free in this planet, unfortunately. But uh, if you can support, if you can give us some support monthly, and you can stop at any time. I also want to say that, like, you can stop at any time. So if you want to make one time contribution, that will be very much appreciated. Or if you want to continue doing, as we have two years, like, loyal, fiel. <laughs> I was thinking fiel, loyal member who has been like supporting us every month. So uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be celebrating them in the next in the our next podcast. Because today I really want to celebrate my friend Rain and I really want to celebrate uh, his podcast and his work. And you know we share a lot about media representation and this podcast is all about education and also uh, spreading awareness around there so let's do the break and then we do the interview which is about 20 minutes and with that my friends we're going to continue with our podcast in our next episode so let's go to the break the interview and then we say goodbye okay <laughs>
Are you there? Oh, there he is. All right, Rand. <laughs> How's it going, my my friend? My man is going good, mi pana. All right. Todo va bien, todo va bien conmigo, tú sabes. Qué bueno, qué bueno. <laughs> well, Rand, let's do this. And you are joining us today on Afrosaya. We said early that we're going to have... Uh, people join us on our program, and we're super excited to have you here. You Thank are from Afrogente, the sensational yes. social media Instagram <laughs> that I'm sure a lot of people, our listeners, are following through. But I was like curious to learn more about it. So, can you also share with the audience what's about Afrogente and how they can find you and what challenges you are and all of the so, so right now. Afrogente or Afrogente is uh is just on Instagram, just a small Instagram social community page. Um, that that's just there right now. I mean, obviously there are plans if we continue to get support and uh and plan that plan to grow it out. But it's basically those Afro Latino experiences you have uh in the U.S. or like any place where you you don't belong. Uh, you kind of miss a little bit of representation. Um, and then so on my my journey on Instagram, I didn't follow any Afro-Latino pages or, or any of this about the, the cultures, the identities or anything. So I felt like there was nothing I could look towards except like, uh, well, like the Me Too or Better Like on YouTube. Where they do their se their segments with uh, Galiel and and Julissa and the Afro Latinos and you know and they talk about it a little bit. I feel like that that was really the only kind of representation I saw okay. uh, on those on those kind of platforms. And so I just I I just wanted to create it, you know, just as a hobby and and to get content and kind of create this community and then and grow in that page. In the first mm -hmm. couple of days, I found <laughs> out that there were. There were those pages that I didn't have, you know, that mm -hmm. that I was missing out on those Afro-Latino and Afro-Latina and, 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 you know, Garifuna and all these, all these pages where people are talking about, about mm -hmm. us, you know, about me, about, yeah, about yeah. us, you know, and, and, Absolutely. And, yeah. and I saw that representation. And so, you know, once we started and, and just kind of explored more about the topic and then found other pages and, and then the supporters just kind of came and there were shout outs and, and people reaching out to the page and giving us, you know, congrats to go, you know, this is, this is amazing. I appreciate you doing this. You know, we, we need these kinds of pages for us. So uh, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you on that. We need, we need more pages. And today we're going to be talking about representation in media and growing Afro Latinidad awareness in the U S yeah. and with that, I mean, I think you are the perfect person to talk about those topics because for you to start this initiative, like this project Afrogente, it was a need for more exploration, for more visualization of the Afro-Latino people in the U.S. Yes. And, and I'm curious about your, your perspective on that. So let me ask you this. So when was the first time that you realized that media was not representing all of us <laughs> in their content? Like, when was the moment you were like, what? <laughs> Probably when uh when I was watching Telemundo, I guess you know like yeah. I if you 
you know, you know where where it counted at the time on TV. And so if you're trying to get your dose of, I mean, because I live in the I live in the Midwest. Um, uh-huh. Where do you the, live? Where do you live? Where is stay? In Indiana. In Indiana. Okay. South South Bend, Indiana. Okay. And our our mayor is actually running for president. Oh wow! Uh, mayor, oh yeah, mayor that's Pete. right. Mayor Pete. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we have so, to talk um, <laughs> about that too later. <laughs> And so there, there are many Latinos, you know, in in the at least in, in South Bend, mm-hmm. uh, let alone Afro Latinos. So, you know, the only time I really was even exposed to Latin American culture, if you know, if I wasn't down south or or DR, it, it was on yeah. TV, and mm-hmm. it was through Telemundo, yeah, you know, yeah. and places like that. So, I, you know, you notice that when when you're watching the novelas, you know, and everybody's powder white. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it might be on like on the on the coastal line of of South America, you know, um, where Afro Latinos, you know, had been had been placed. So I don't know. You just you see it in the novelas. You notice yeah. it early on, and it's just there. You know, I think everybody. Yeah, knows yeah. It. So you so you speak Spanish too. Yes. Okay. So that's interesting because. Coming from a speaking country um, in in South America, Bolivia, mm-hmm. uh, Telemundo for us is very hard to get. Like you have to pay like private cable to get access to Telemundo. Oh, okay. And the second, okay. we associate the Telemundo and Televisa more with Mexico than the United uh-huh. States. Even yeah. Univision, which changed the name when you get in California, when in the United States, is like right. Univision. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? Those are like no Latino like media they are Mexican representation because as you say there is no black people in TV shows yeah. there's no Afro-Mexicans even representing in telenovelas so it's interesting to see that in the US is that the only channel that we have access to and even in there there's no representation no indigenous people no right. like you know what I'm saying it's just right. tough and hard I'm, but yeah I was so I was so proud of Telemundo I, you know, you don't, you can, the excitement I had on my face when I found out <laughs> that Telemundo was premiering a series on Celia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that mm-hmm. roasted my heart. Yes. And I cried, you know. And, and yes. then when I finally got to sit down and watch it, I mean, it was just done so nicely. Like the, the era and the language that was being used, you know, it's not... Castellano, but it is mm-hmm. Cubano, and yes. you know it has that kind of that African slang on it, and yes. I mean, and just everything was so they didn't whitewash mm-hmm. the characters. You know, they used they used dark uh, dark black, they used brown black, they they mm-hmm. used light black. You know, they mm-hmm. used white, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I saw an Asian in there too. Yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> the, you know they they kept that show really really authentic, and I. That was like my gleam of hope for Afro Latino representation, you know, on the mainstream uh, channels for for Latino consumers. So I mean, that that was amazing. Yeah, I agree with you on Celia. I think Celia Cruz also La Guarachera who kept 
her identity so proud and loud out there. You know, she yes. was a Cuban lady who never gave up her identity and said, yeah, I just speak Spanish and azuga. And then she was like <laughs> loud and proud. And that's also the part that as Afro-Latino from the South, I miss because I know my people from a brothers and sister in the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. in, in Cuba, they have this, this accent that is so beautiful. And yes. I'm like, where are those? Yes. So, you know, yeah. I was studying, I was studying, I don't, I don't know, maybe I was just side studying, but I love languages, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the different dialects. And so I was taken, I mean, because when I learned Spanish, it was, you know, de la calle, you know, when yeah. I was growing up and it yeah. was Dominican like Spanish. So, you know, we had our, we had our influences, but I used to, I started to kind of study the different places in Latin America where Africanos went and then they became, you know, either a part of, they became the country or part of the population or just, you know, in the mm-hmm. strands of the DNA of the people who presently live there, wherever they went, they kept the concepts of their, the, the basis of their languages from mm-hmm. Africa, you know, the, the Niger, uh, Congo mm-hmm. type of languages, you know, they kept those con- uh, concepts and they brought that into Spanish. And I just think yeah. the whole, creolization the mixture of how that could happen and it's not just in one part where, where africanos went it's every place africanos went throughout latin america they took that with them and i just think that is a piece of history of time that you know is just still preserved and present i think that that is just beautiful there you know yeah you said, that yeah. that type of speaking is just amazing yeah, yeah, and I and I have to say that I had the opportunity to also talk to other professors, especially in, in Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. they are Cubans, and they are bringing up the Yoruba culture, identity, yes. religion, everything. And I'm like, yes, we need more of this everywhere in every university. And on that, I want to ask you, Ren, how do you feel about your identity as Afro Latino? overshadow under the african-american identity like how do you relate to that because you grew up here and and probably yeah. didn't have a chance to report on your identity because they saw you black and they were like yeah african-american yeah. and you're like wait a <laughs> minute <laughs> un poquito un ratito and you were like what it speaks spanish okay tell me about it <laughs> were you there <laughs> i thought that was something unique to me no no i mean i it's I don't know. You just, it's something you don't have a lot of help with. That's for yeah. one. And, um, and just, it's just this ongoing battle of, do you want to be, like, be who you are? Or do you want to tone it back and, and assimilate it and things like that? Or, you know, do you go for, you know, which label do you choose? Do you have to choose and things like that? Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know me. I mean, I don't. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, I think the perp. One of the purposes of Pan Africanism is to to make um, establish a connectivity between all of the descendants of the diaspora. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, if if you look at me and I'm African American or Afro Latino mm-hmm. or Afro Boliviano, yeah. <laughs> Afro Haitiano, I you know, whatever yeah. it is, it's yeah. just it's still black. I'm still yeah. black wherever I go. Afro something, you know? Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. The you know, whether I speak Spanish, French, or Portuguese, or Ipozol or 
mofongo or whatever mm-hmm. is you yeah. know that that changes because of where where my people went mm-hmm. but wherever they went and whoever they made babies with and procreated they're still just black so yeah afro whatever i don't care yeah give me whatever title you (laughs) as long as it's afro something (laughs) but this is the this is the thing too like when you are um you know and if you are if you are flying from the united states to like colombia for instance which Uh is the large majority of the sense or venezuela and you were born here in 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 the united states for instance alabama and your parents are you know are black so when you're in venezuela if you don't speak People will think you're Afro-Venezuelan if you are like, so it's just the identity that embraced to all of us Mm -hmm. because there's one thing that connects to us. It's history, which was slavery. And we all descended from that. And then we have the motherland, which is Africa and connected to all all of us. So yeah, as you said, I mean, wherever I go, it will be my identity. Um, but it's also important for, for especially media in this case that we're talking about, uh, to show a little bit of that diversity that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so when they actually, I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, when we talk about media and when sometimes we talk about singers, for instance, Beyonce, some people even think like Beyonce is black and I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> of course, but you know, that is, the, 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 yeah. The mischaracterization that people have about, you know, who is black and who is lighter, lighter black, which it was the first experience I have here, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, wait, wait, Alex, let me let me ask you this. Yeah. So, you are from Bolivia. Yes. Right? Yeah. What were in Bolivia? La Paz. I was Paz. born and okay. raised in. Bolivia is the country that has two capitals, right? Yeah. So Azúcar and La Paz or something like that. Yes, well, Sucre, uh, the Sucre. capital. Yes, okay, and okay. La Paz. In La Paz, okay. So, if you're from Bolivia and you live in California, yes, where there are lots of people of Mexican descent, I assume. Yes. That's yes. what I hear from <laughs> from on this side of the country. That's what I hear. So, if you you're Bolivian, you you live in California for being Mexican is my question. All right, so in this part of the conversation with uh, my friend Ren, uh, because we were using, um, you know, technology, so it cut off a little bit in between. So what he was asking me is if for being in California, I get confused or people assume that I am Mexican instead of being an Afro descendant or being an Afro Latino. And this is my answer to that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. And a lot. A lot. Uh, because on the eyes of people, uh, you actually, if you're brown, if you're not like dark brown, <laughs> I don't know if that will be a case, but this is the perspective. Like people think that to be black is to look like Kanye West. Yeah, you know, yeah. very dark skin, and you have your hair super, super deep curly, and yeah. that's what people think that oh, that's black. Uh, but as I said, if you look like Beyonce, people think no, she's white. Like I mean, she's not that black, right? So that's what people think about me. Like when they see me, they're like, no, you can't be black. I mean, you might be Mexican, right? Mm-hmm. So. Every time I bring up my identity, people are like, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Bolivia. And they are like, oh, you know, they always like, ah, oh, (laughs) down there. (laughs) And then I say, when my mom is black and my dad is a Quechua indigenous people 
who I feel proud to have both identities on me. And people are like, well, wait, what? Like, it's like you made it up the story now, right? Because they feel that you are either coming, like, I don't know, from Mexico, and then you're coming just only from one town. But also in Mexico, I always like to ask people, where in Mexico are you from? Like, Mexico is not just one big country. You know, it has different states and different identities and right. different nationalities. Right. Even if someone will say from Veracruz, I see like, oh, you might be Afro-Mexican because... Veracruz was a place where black slaves were leaving there. So it has a lot of them to that. Like a lot of people confused and said, yeah, you know, Mexico <laughs> I had a lot of friends. Even Mexican <laughs> people feel like, where are you from? Because your Spanish is different. You know, it's not like with the accent that it has in Mexico too. And they're like, where are you from? <laughs> right, right. So do I you ever, from the Caribbean do too, you though. ever get suspected of being a black man? Um, I think I do, but not as much as being Mexican. Like people okay. feel the first identity, they will be like, oh, he is Mexican. Yeah. And yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So how about you? How do you feel? Like in Indiana? What? <laughs> Who lives in Indiana? Nobody. <laughs> I know. It's in the middle of the country. <laughs> I know people are either like in New York or in California. So I know those are big cities, but how do how do you feel like being there in Indiana? Do you see a lot of Mexican descent? So what's the largest population of uh, minority or ethnic? Um, it is Mexican. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I live in one of the largest cities in Indiana. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of people here or there's, there's enough for there to be that diversity. Um, okay. And it's still Mexicans. Uh, the next town over there, next County over a lot of, um, a lot of people from El Salvador. Oh. And um, Hondureños and, mm -hmm. and those two groups, okay. um, and then a little up north in Michiganish, mm -hmm. that's where you'll get your Puerto Ricans, and then of course in Chicago you'll get your Puerto Ricans, yeah, and, and yeah. your Mexicans, you know. South Bend mostly just Mexicans, just, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Mexicans, and there's not even a lot of them, so yeah, it's like. You know, it's mostly just white people. Yeah, <laughs> white, okay. white Americans. White Americans. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also interesting. Like when I when I met some because I also I'm a I'm a high school teacher too, mm -hmm. and I every and time what do I you go, teach? Well, right now um I've been doing Spanish. Okay. Um, high school, and I have I've been working with more tutoring like one on one with students for the past yes. few years. And okay. when some of the teachers needed to cover for the class, I step up and I cover for them as a okay. like subbing substitute teacher. And I was exposed to all the different students in the classroom. And some of them were like, you know, he's Cuban, he's Cuban. And mm. I said to the student, are you Cuban? And he's like, no, I'm Mexican. And his teachers mm. are, you know, from a black person. Yeah. And I say, well, you might be an Afro-Mexican. And the other classmates were like, Afro what is Afro-Mexican? What is that? What Afro is Afro-Mexican? Afro-Mexicano, yeah. okay. Yeah, Afro-Mexicano. <laughs> ¿Cómo va a ser Afro-Mexicano? <laughs> and I'm like, all right. You know, I, now every time I can, I really try to educate those, those, those uh, young generation that... Mm -hmm. You know, either even if you like, you have to look two ways. Like, either you are brown Mexican or you're white American. Period. Yeah. For them, there's no more in the spectrum. And I'm like, 
that is a mistake and we put it in like in status quo not to talk about more identities or ethnicity because mm-hmm. in some point it seems to be even like oh it's not okay to talk about and yeah. i'm like no we have and we should and we should explore and even if the students being called out like you know you may look like cuban or venezuela ask your parents you know where you think we are our parents were black before don't feel afraid to ask that because that's your identity and your students like your classmates are seeing around so every time i can i'll bring the topic and i'm excited for my next chapter in my life because i'm gonna be a full-time teacher okay i'm gonna be teaching spanish and for sure i'm gonna bring a lot of culture awareness to the language that You know, we okay. Okay. speak Spanish. Although we speak Spanish, we don't speak the same Spanish from Spanish, yeah, which is yeah. another issue too. Yeah, yeah. So but. how about this? Okay, mm-hmm. so I I have been asked to tutor people in Spanish. Obviously, okay. one of one of few Spanish speakers around here. Okay, how do and, you go? <laughs> um, well, I didn't accept any jobs, but I do want to. I do want to guide or tutor some people because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people break their necks trying to learn a bunch of grammar and word mm-hmm. structure and all of this you know not necessary stuff at the beginning of learning a language that's mm-hmm. like for later on i think that when you're learning for you know for the what else here who want to learn spanish you know you should just mm-hmm. just speak it you know, just yeah. learn learn your words or your your you know your phrases and just speak it and just use it and then you know just keep using it and over time it will evolve, right? Don't yeah. care if you make mistakes, it's whatever. Yeah. So like when babies learn or begin to learn a language, they they you know make all kinds of mistakes. You know, like uh, want now, you know, want this now or eat now, you yeah. know, daddy, no here, you know, things like that, right? Yeah. And they're understood, and we just give them a pass because they're young. But you know, once yeah. you get older, yeah. you kind of get in your head, and it doesn't work like that. But I think if we use some of these Afro influences on our Spanish, mm-hmm. which makes the word shorter, and we can use one word to mean a lot of things and things like that, and kind of teach it to people who are learning Spanish to like these are shortcuts that you can use. You know, yeah, it would it would help people better, you know? So like, um, you know, a lot of people of a lot of Afro descendants say like, pa, right. Pa mm-hmm. instead of por or para. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just say pa. pa, you know, just shorten it. Pa. <laughs> and they're, and they're understood and it works. And yeah. it's just, you only have to use one word, you know, instead of using, Oh, when do I use board? And when do I use para? para. Use it, right. Right. Yeah. Things like that. So just teach the person, Hey, you know, if you want to, if you're in the street, you know, just want to be understood, easy way to go, just use pa. And you would save them a ton of lessons. And now what? They're on to speaking and they just use pa, whatever, pa, 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 Mm -hmm. and they're everywhere. So I don't know. And they're, you know, you know what I mean? Like the the accent, shortens words and things like that. And then, so I guess pa is just one or one way to say, I don't know. You know, we just say like, Tuta, right? Tuta, tu, tuta, 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 stuff like that, right? So yeah. just short, shorten all that stuff, and just just teach it to them that way, and like you know, they'll get speaking, and it's easy, and they'll yeah, be understood. Because this is the other, like the other thing, like we speak different type of, um, 
I, I don't know, Espanol, perhaps, because if you go to Argentina, you will see that they use a lot of she all the time. Yes. I tried to watch. I tried to watch that. I tried to watch a movie from that country on Netflix last week. It yeah. did not work out. I I couldn't I couldn't understand. It was I just I was not used to it. I've never really heard it. <laughs> and when I was like, what is like what's happening? What, what was going on? What was going on? But yeah, they, they have a lot of in Joanna and she ran. She's ranting about the different accents in Latin America and she yeah. comes across Argentinian and, and it's like they sound like yeah. they're like a sweet old Italian guy whispering, shah, 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 shah. So that is interesting. But let me ask you one more question. Okay. And I wanted to know, like, what do you think, what type of awareness do you think Afro-Latinos are bringing to the United States? Because it seems to be a tendency now, as you say early, um, you know, I yes. explore more and then I find out that the other people doing great things on social media to like oh representation on that so what do you think they're bringing to it also is trending right now being afro-latino so what do Afro-Latino you afro-latino is the next big thing okay it's, right. it's trending so i mean like you know music it always starts with music that's one way that has always been one way that white culture has adopted mm-hmm. um afro so Afro cultures um, okay. that are in the same society through the music, you know, that's the first kind of point of infiltration, I guess, quote unquote, mm-hmm. infiltration of the culture. So we have to look at our music, you know, who's trending now. I mean, Amara La Negra was big, you yeah. know, recently, yeah. right, last year or so, you know, so that she's bringing all kinds of glamour with, you know, her skin and her hair and her, her everything, you know, she's like, iconic in her own, in her own way and then you have of course the party girl cardi you know yeah. cardi b uh, dominicana mm-hmm. i think well, i don't know what her other side is is it trinidad yeah i think it's a or trinidad so, okay Tobago. yeah so she, you know la dominicana and, and so yes. you know she's like represent that whole that whole vibe and yeah also, and so i mean it's first through the music but i did read this article mm-hmm. i did read this article about um, a lady who she's gonna be, or she is one of the latest newscasters for mm-hmm. Univision. Okay, so here it is. Uh, Ilia Calderon, she-, she is an Afro Latina, awesome Colombiana, and she is Univision's wow, latest evening yeah. news television. So, I mean, and I just had to, I just had to pull up that article really quick, but you know, like. So it's not just the music, but it's also in a, a more professional state too. That Afro Latinos are being yeah. represented more, like uh, you know, the evening news for once, or for once. Yeah. You know, so yeah, All right. there's All just right. there's yeah. so many different ways. I think. Oh, check this one out. Check this one. So I was. So you know, I told you, <laughs> yeah. Mayor Pete is he's our mayor, and then he's in the presidential debate. So a lot of the cities like watching the the national politics to check him out, and so. I was reading like an article or watch or looking at a graph. It was like 2045 uh, America will be majority people of color. Right. And then, so I think at the point of 2050 or so, there will be this Afro Latino presidential candidate or whatever that comes out. He's like, his parents are from like Bolivia and 
La República Dominicana, he like was raised in New York or something, and then now he's running for president. So then that that representation that you were just asking about gets you know broad and wider because you know a presidential candidate. And Lord, if he makes yeah. it, you know, a president of the United States who is Afro Latino, you know, the identities in the United States, like in California alone, like forty-seven percent is going to be Latino. But we got to look under that category because, as we say, Latinos yeah. is not only like people from Mexico. Latinos are people from all Latin America, including the Caribbean. Yeah. That are here, you know, in the U.S. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting in a yeah. couple more years to see where where you know the whole thing's happening. But as you said, I think music big influence, and it will happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at this point, it's it's gonna happen. So, I'm I'm excited about it. But also, we should make we also Absolutely. like embrace our identity and making sure that all voices are counted, especially the ones that are also oppressed under the Latino community, like indigenous communities, Afro descendants. Everyone LGBTs, so everyone has a voice out there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you're one example. Look at what you're doing. You know, you have the podcast going on. This yeah. Afro Latino yeah. podcast. I mean, come on. Don't don't oh, discount man. yourself. Thank so you, so <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a round of applause. A round oh, of man. A, I appreciate a round that. Of applause I think it's it's a lot Alex. of work too, but. <laughs> If we are there and we believe on what we're doing, you know, we're going to we're going to build. And this is a working group community without, you know, you yeah. there listening to some of the podcasts and also recommended. We we won't be heard anyways, too. So it's important to help each other, too, and making sure our voice is like a big ola del mar. Well, that was the conversation with my friend Ren. Thank you so much, Ren. Realmente aprecio mucho eh, la entrevista y tu tiempo. I really, really, really appreciate your time with us. And well, at the end, our conversation got cut off and the conversation didn't end in a good feedback. It almost seems that we were talking over each other. So we. Um, we didn't want to present something like that, but uh, we're going to have Ren over in our next episode. We're going to be talking about uh, Peter, who is in the presidential candidacy, and we're going to see how, you know, things are moving. Well, he's in the Democratic um hoping to become the nominee and then um, be in the presidential election 2020. All right, Um, let's say goodbye, my friends. We are out of time, so let's hang out next time. Bye-bye. Historia. Conocimiento. Identidad. 